Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast, season three. And we couldn't come over this knoll to get any closer to them because their eyesight is so good. There's 11 of them. There's two lookouts in the cliffs above. We were just kind of pegged down behind this rock and we couldn't move. Where we discuss hunting and fishing. And I've had coyotes doing serenades on the run after two or three howls. They start howling, two or three of them. And you're trying to find them and they sound like, oh, you could tell they were running. Cooking and cleaning wild game. You know, when you go to the grocery store, you don't see the cow, you don't see the pig, you don't see, you know, you don't see the animal. Whereas in the woods, you know, you, I see Josh bring home the deer and skin the deer and pro- we process it together, you know, so you see it broken down, whereas you don't know that when you go to a grocery store. So I, it is a lot of mental. Hits, misses, and everything in between. So he came into about 80 yards and then we dumped. Go ahead and say it. 26 rounds Ooh. before we finally killed it. 26 rounds. Thank you for listening. This podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Predator Hunter Outdoors has everything you need for predator hunting, including calls, lights, tripods and mounts, night vision and thermal. Locally owned and operated in Attica, Michigan, Predator Hunter Outdoors has your needs covered to keep you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying products for every budget and every experience level from beginner to professional. Use code LIGHT for 20% off lights, code TRIPOD for 10% off tripods and mounts, and PTO Thermal for 10% off Predator Thermal Optics scopes and monoculars. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Predator Hunter Outdoors or their website www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com. Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. Welcome back everybody to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. It is me, Josh Mapes, this week joined by, you know, former coyote hunting partner. But this weekend, I don't know what we were doing because we weren't seeing coyotes. We were barely hearing coyotes. We were observing nature. That's true. It was a beautiful time out there. (laughs) Kevin Rott. And we have a guest in the house tonight that probably, if you are a Michigan coyote hunter that's ever been involved, heard of Centerfire at night, any of these law changes, uh, year-round coyote hunting, any of that, you may have heard the name Merle Jones. Merle, what's going on? Um, Well, there's a lot going on. Um, The big thing is, is, uh, we've got to start looking really hard at, uh, at our, our image and how we present. That's, that's the big topic at the moment. So, um, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, we, we believe there's some pretty big legislative threats coming out. Um, we don't have anything cast in stone, but, uh, it, you know, you, you just got to look around the rest of the country to see the, see the evidence of that. So. So that's what we got to work on. And we're, we're way behind Nate ball. We're so far behind Nate ball. You can't even believe it. Those, those people work on that stuff. That's, that's their life that they, their, their entire existence seems to be around 
you know, bans and stopping us from hunting, taking away our natural rights, uh, interfering with our responsibilities. Um, we're spending our time doing what we do and we're not always attending to the, the issues that we need to be paying attention to. So, so before we get too far for anybody that doesn't know you, hasn't ever talked to you, I mean, in general, who are you? I mean, what, where are, are you in this whole conversation really? Um, so as it stands right now, uh, this last spring, I was asked to take the position of public relations director for, for Michigan Trapper and Predator Callers Association. And what does that mean? Um, um, so essentially what that means is it's my job. Well, I can actually tell you, I can give you a quote from our bylaws if I can find it here. Um, my job is to quote, act as the liaison between MTPCA, the press, the DNR, the natural resources commission and the legislature. So that's my official job title. Um, that's also fairly loose. Um, the big thing is, 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 uh, my job is, is to, is to go to Lansing and, um, you know, work on whatever issues present themselves. So IE center fire at night. Yep. Center fire at night. Now that was way before, uh, that was way before I even knew MTPCA existed. I matter of fact, I didn't know 2015. I didn't know the NRC existed. I, I had no clue. I, I was just another farm boy out of Kalamazoo. Coyotes showed up back in the early nineties, started eating my deer and you know, I, I'm a simple farm boy. It was a, it was simple math, less coyotes, more deer. And, um, but like so many of us, I got nauseated with the amount of injured animals. Um, and I, I went on to Michigan sportsman's forum one day because, uh, you know, I'm not a total heathen. I can run a computer. You were on that forum? I was on that forum. Wow. Yeah. No. You might've heard of me before this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I ran into Bob Abbott and, uh, didn't know him at the time, which is hilarious because our paths had crossed multiple times in the past. Um, and I sent him a message that was right at the be very beginning of, of, you know, his, his effort. And I sent him a message five minutes later, he's, you know, he called me on the phone. We were on the phone for like, I don't know, three hours and, um, and bam, I, I got busy and, uh, you know, then I, you know, I started meeting like well, I think it was that weekend I met Kevin up at the Delta Plex and, uh, um, I met you officially for the first time there. I'd, I'd seen you speak before, but, yep. um, my wife and I signed the, yep. yep. what we had going around for the center fire yep. night deal. Yep. So, uh, so I got to work on that with Bob and, um, you know, Bob had his hands full with life and, uh, professionally I'm a firefighter, which I work 24 hour shifts. So it gives me you know, basically two thirds of the month to do things. Yep. And, uh, so I ended up being kind of the point guy, you know, the, uh, the primary spokesperson, which gave me the experience. Uh, I'd networked, met a lot of people, learned how the systems worked over in Lansing, learned what the NRC was. Uh, I gotta be honest. I've, I, I earned a whole new respect for the DNR because I was one of those guys that grew up you know, DNR with evil, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and, uh, so they can be, but they, they can gotta be. catch you doing the right thing. Well, they can be, but at the same time, you know, uh, in a lot of respects, we're extremely lucky in Michigan to have the NRC, um, MUCC, um, 
you know, nothing's perfect. You know, there's, there's difficulties everywhere, but there's a lot of States that don't have it near as good as we do. So well, let me, let me interrupt for just a second here, Merle. What exactly is the NRC? I mean, I know it stands for natural resources commission, but how yep, is yep. that relationship to the DNR? How does that work? So the NRC is the is natural resources commission. They're a commission of, a. Uh, uh, essentially a panel and it's their job by statute to decide on the regulations. They, they make the decisions about things like what this, what the rules are going to be. Um, the DNR presents information to them. You can go in there and present information to them. Groups like MTPCA. Um, so is it the DNR or NRC that writes the book that confuses everybody in the state? That would be the DNR. Okay. And that write is, your letters to the DNR folks. Yes. And that, <laughs> and that's a huge problem. It really is because there's so many people that are really intelligent, good people that look at that and they don't understand what it means and mm -hmm. um, could potentially be in. Uh, yeah. It's, it's frustrating as heck. So, but now back to the NRC, are those elected positions? Are those, um, what do they call that? Uh, appointed. Yeah, delegated. They're, they're appointed. Those positions. Appointed. Yes. They're, they're appointed by the governor um out of a pool that i'm not sure how that pool is created that's one of the things i'm working on trying to learn um because i don't understand why we're not putting more effort into seeing to it that we get people in those positions um mm -hmm. uh so the governor appoints them and then they have to go through a uh then they have to get confirmed by the legislature so um you know that's a different process in itself so um like we just had a uh carol rose has been a long time commissioner she's been with mecc for a long time been very active with them and uh her term just ended and i can't tell you the new person's name is robin clark but i can't pronounce her her uh her indian name in the middle there it's i'd need it phonetically written out for me <laughs> but um so so there's a new person um so yeah, that's how that works. Uh, the commission, when they sit, they have uh, the director of the DNR will be there. There's uh, plenty of DNR people in the there all the time because um, there's always interactions with the DNR. You know, that's a big part of that job. Um, and there'll be usually there'll be they they have officers there at every meeting, kind of acting as guards. You know, not that they've ever been needed that I know of, but you know, it's just a good thing to do. You know, so um, yeah. So now who has authority i guess so to speak if the nrc says something does the dnr have to follow it or does the dnr set something and the nrc agrees or disagrees how's that relationship work the so pick a topic the like the center fire i guess would be one of the best topics uh, bob abbott went to the nrc our group went to the nrc you were part of that um yep. very small group other groups got involved. MTPCA was one of those groups. Uh, MUCC, which is Michigan United Conservation Clubs, which is, they're a big umbrella for a lot of smaller clubs, like your local gun club can be in there. Um, they got, they got involved at the same time because uh, uh, they're a big powerhouse. They, you know, they, they have a lot of voice, you know, they have a lot of membership. So, so over the course of the year, we negotiated back and forth um, and, they, it came to the point where it was like, okay, it's going to get presented for a vote. Now a commissioner at that point has to basically has to make a motion. This is our idea. Right. And this is the verbiage of that. And 
it's written this way, and then they, they may make amendments to it or something like that. It goes back and forth. And then once the commission, my understanding, this is how this works. Once the commission says, like on that December meeting we were at, they voted, yep, okay, and they signed it. And literally when, when once it was signed by the director of the DNR, um, then bam, it was the next day. It was it was that was the rule. So, so the NRC can make the write the policy or the rule or whatever, but still has to be approved by the DNR. Yeah, and I'm not. That's one of the things on my list to learn more about is exactly how that. I I, I don't know that it's something where they can. I I think they have to. There's a pretty strict set of rules if they wanted to say we're we we're not going to do that. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's a checks and balance type system. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn all that stuff still. There's okay. a, there's a lot of depth to it. I can tell. Oh you. yeah, I'm yeah, sure. So, uh, but he came here today to sit down because we have some, basically some issues coming up that we're going to have to start to deal with sooner than later. Right. Can we start getting into some of these that, you know, we need more help with? Um, so the biggest issue we really need to look at right now is there's, there's multiple different groups. Um, there's, you know, basically, you know, HSUS, Humane Society of the United States, they're one of the powerhouses. There's a group called Project Coyote. Um, obviously PETA's got some involvement in there. There's, there's, there's different groups like that, that they have been, they started back in 2000, I think it was 14. The first place they got tournaments banned were in California. And since then, I think they're up to nine or 10 states that are banned. Um, now, what are, on what basis are they getting these banned? I mean, what there's got to be something. Somebody's got to know what the trigger is. Or is it just because you're out there killing coyotes with the possibility of winning something? Um, so the trigger, the, their whole argument's emotional rhetoric. Yep. Okay. Um, they like to throw out this this moral imperative on the whole gambling about hunting thing, but I don't know that they've got a lot of stand ground to stand on when it comes to morality. So um, that really doesn't. It, how they win is they win by popular, you know, popular vote. They they are they uh, understand really well the marketing power of pictures of cute little puppies. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. And then after that, it's all emotional rhetoric. Uh, the, here, was it two years ago? Uh, I'm from Kalamazoo, by the way. Yep. And uh, um, the Kalamazoo County Commission at that time, you know, two years back, they had uh, uh, their own resolution against tournaments. And that was brought up by a, a Kalamazoo citizen that was, you know, they were unhappy with dnr sports great lakes predator challenge you know because oh it's brutal and it's inhumane and it's you know all, again all this emotional rhetoric their entire resolution if you go through a point by point had absolutely there was there was nothing substantial there, there was no teeth to it there was no facts to it it, it doesn't matter because their commission and it was just a resolution you know it wasn't anything that was going to affect but the thing is if you go around the entire state and get you know a whole bunch of county you know different counties to make these resolutions at some point the political pressure gets to be too much yeah it gets to be too much so there's our big challenge and the michigan in a lot of ways is in a really good position because of the nrc mucc mucc is the biggest organization of its type in the country to my understanding uh the umbrella big umbrella organization and then 
and that's they really don't even cover a lot of the you know they interact a lot with up but up's got their own groups uh upper peninsula sportsman's alliance is another umbrella type group very big uh they they have a lot of you know membership the problem is is the groups like project county their membership is from all over the world yeah and you know that the the money they have to fight is incredible so uh that's kind of you know on one hand we have we have the scientific ground we have the facts we have the reality on our side they've got the money and they've got the popular thing so our big challenge now is it's a couple of things uh, one is is getting prepared for the legal the legislative fight of that and getting people involved um you know it's it takes a lot of people to do this kind of thing you, you know it takes a lot of time you can't do it with just a couple people you know we have all kinds of you know i tried to start talking about this back right after center fire and uh the everybody's like yeah 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 but everybody would rather go caddy hunting and i yeah. get it i would do so but if we just keep hoping that it gets better it's not gonna and we're going to lose county hunting at some level, if not entirely. So we need to be prepared for that legislative thing. The other part of that equation is, is we need solidarity in our community. And it's not just the community of county hunters, callers, but we need solidarity with the other organizations in the state, you know, whether they're trappers, whether they're bear hunters, deer hunters, turkey hunters. In the long run, you're saying everybody just get along. Get along. <laughs> exactly. Um, it doesn't seem that hard. I mean, it was taught to us all like pretty much growing up. Nothing nice to say, say nothing at all, that kind of thing. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's not, it shouldn't be that hard. We, I think it's kind of the nature of the beast, the type of, you know, people, outdoors people are everybody's you know you you really live a lot in the moment and you're you know you're seeing what's in front of your face and you know so a lot of times it's hard to see that big picture when you sit down and have the conversations people get it but the rest of the time they don't get it so well so uh, and there's a big struggle and and we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot a lot you know you guys talked about this recently yourselves about the social media I know you talked about it with a uh, car roller. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, there's there's a lot to that topic itself. And Is there stuff that's come up in any of these meetings, anything that you've seen based on social media presence of hunters? I, I had one minor question during a meeting at, at, a, at a public interaction. Um, this was back last spring. I had a commissioner ask about what we did with coyotes at tournaments and my reply was that most of the major tournaments we had fur buyers on site to try and utilize what could be utilized and yep. the tournaments are in the winter time when their fur is at a prime yep so you know, if you're on facebook saying oh I throw them in a ditch that's not a good point <laughs> right get, get yeah. it through your head that that's not the perception that's, that's, that we want out there like that may be may not be what you do but to put it out there for everybody i mean we know we know all these hunting pages are infiltrated 
by people who are not for hunting. So to keep putting it out there for them to screenshot, copy, save, all this stuff is just stupidity. It is. It's it's sheer because it, you're you're literally you might as well take that fancy, you know, few thousand dollars worth of gun you got and shoot yourself right in the foot because that's yeah. what you're doing. And and we know and even you know it's it's we're at the point now where there where there's a full realization that coyotes are no longer a use animal. You know they don't fur values are terrible. A lot of that is thanks to you know the lobbyists that have created that situation. A lot of it's the same other... people who are going to tell us not to hunt them. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, so the, the use of them is just is not there anymore. Uh, they're now a management animal. So, and and that's understood, you know, by by the most. And so let me back up here for a second because there's a, a big part of this conversation that people need to understand is you have, you know, you have the the antis, you know, for lack of a better term, that are you know on the far one side of this conversation. Yeah, they're not on the fence being able to no. tip either way. Yeah, and then you have, you know, the if you want to say the far other side of it you know, you have a lot of hunters that are, you know, I'm going to say whatever I want and I'm not going to, you know, and I'm, you know, and it's like, and my response to that is always the first amendment's the first amendment for a reason, you know, freedom of speech is one of the most, it is hands down the most important. That's why we have a second amendment is to protect the first amendment. So, um, but that doesn't mean we can be, you know, just be stupid about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a little bit of, you know, decorum, a little bit of, just eloquence. think about it. eloquence. Think a perfect word. That's a big word. It is. Come he's, on now. He's Spell a smart guy. He's a smart. What does that mean? It means eloquent. It means <laughs> Thank eloquent. <you. laughs> oh, I'm serious. I mean, because there's obviously a deeper meaning behind it. It is. Um, I mean, there's. Now he's got to go Google it. <laughs> he said it without knowing it, folks. No, there's there's several <laughs> definitions for eloquence, but basically it has to do with. Um, putting forth something in a sophisticated and educated manner. Yep. yep. Perfect. Which I'm is sure. what you do with your photos when you take them right. nicely staged, not showing blown up faces. Yeah. Your guys' stuff has been and I'll tell you what, Josh, your game has improved there. And I'm not saying you were doing a distasteful job. Oh, I absolutely have. I will never lie. But you're, you're just, your your photo taking ability yeah. is now looks a lot better. I mean, you know, you're Thank not, you, Chris you, Kreiner. Well, I was going to say you're not at Chris's <laughs> level. But... Kreiner. Kreiner. Isn't it Kreiner? Kreiner. Kreiner. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Kreiner. No, Kreiner. I mean, and Kevin said, said it well on, I think just the last one, actually this coming week's podcast, he want, you want to recreate the memory of the beautiful animal, the beautiful scenery. I, yes. I have pictures on my phone of damage that bullets do. Right. But that's not what goes up in my. It's not a good place in for my it. memory feed, you know. Right, it's not a good place for it, and uh, because it just it doesn't. And again, you know, all three of us would see that, you know, if we see the shot, you know, the headshot, which is can get pretty graphic. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, yeah, and we're like, <laughs> nice shot, right? Because we understand, <laughs> we understand the difficulty of that and the skill set that it takes to do. And we also understand, all three of us understand very well that, that that's one of the most humane shots you can make because that that is DRT. It's over with, right? You know, unlike you know, dying of starvation or mange or seventeen caliber rimfire. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
so well, even Kevin, you probably saw the one last week. I posted the video of the one I shot, and a guy automatically was that your bullet b- bouncing around past that coyote? Because I hit it and it went poof. Yeah, and it looked like it could have been like ricochet. Okay, and it's like even that kind of stuff where it's not could be taken to somebody and be like, look at what that bullet did back right. there. Well, you're you're hitting on a whole other problem that is almost insurmountable. Is and there's the the evil side of social media and i and i you know i'm not on social media but i understand the virtues of it and the power of it but the evil side of it is is no matter what you put on there somebody is going to come on there there's going to be somebody that accesses that that's going to be like that's wrong you know because they're just everything's a gray area you know i mean there's there's you know we could sit here and talk about what we think is eloquent you know or right or good or decent but that's a different for, you know, every individual, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, we've got, you know, the law that says we can use this, these calibers to hunt with in these times, you know, the law is the law. And, you know, that's one of the things we need to very much pay attention to, you know, things like trespassing are not, you know, people think, Oh, I go out there at night and it's dark and nobody sees me. And this land is owned by somebody out of state and I can just hunt there. That's, more problematic than they realize have you have you heard that come up i have heard that i've had i've had that conversation with more than one uh dnr official and they're i would i would describe them as like maybe upper middle management you know because they have a command structure you know they're it's it's a military command structure they're guys that are far enough up but they're also there's a lot of those guys that are really good dudes um and i've talked to them about it and uh that's that's one of their that's one of their biggest difficulties right now. Uh, we've got a really good reputation with the DNR about uh, the safety thing standpoint. That was a big worry going into the center fire is that it was going to be, oh, or, you know, we're going to have bullets go for miles and penetrate buildings and kill babies. And I mean, you name it, it was the, it was the most horrific thing was described as what was going to happen. Which let's, we can't pretend that it's not a possibility. Yeah, right. But that's where we... I feel like there's a very low amount of trust from the upper to us hunters. There's, there's a, probably a lot of truth to that statement. Um, and that comes from a couple of different things. Um, one of them is human nature because, you know, like I'm a firefighter. That's what I do. Right. And when I'm at work, you know, everybody out there in the world that is who we're supposed to be taking care of and protecting, you know, we kind of, you, you get jaded and get your opinion, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a certain amount of that going on. It's going to happen anywhere. It's human nature. Uh, the other part of that equation is, is again, we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, I had a big conversation earlier this year at a little like coyote mini seminar. Somebody brought up the topic of, running into having a confrontation with it wasn't a landowner but it was a friend friend of a landowner that stopped to check and see what was going on and it turned in it the whole thing blew up into a mess and my suggestion was well when they came and asked and were investigating instead of getting mad about them being there maybe you should have thanked them for being a good neighbor and paying attention to their neighbor right Mm -hmm. Because I could see both ways on that, but well, I that's could why too. we're sitting down here having this conversation. Well, and I, I and I understand it. It's like you're out there hunting, and you only get man, I only get so much time to hunt, and somebody comes along and interferes with me. But think about 
of all the times you go hunting in a year. And that's that one time you have the ability to make a positive mm-hmm. versus a really negative impact. What you know, what should you do? Yeah. I mean, that could turn into more coyote property for you. Honestly. Well, it could. <laughs> and so I know, like, I think your, your rack has, you like my name, up. my number. Yep. I have permission and it's worked. Yep. I mean, yep. Yep. my rack for the coyotes and yes, people said it. I drive a truck. I could throw them in the back. Kevin. They smell fresh after a couple of days sitting in the back of a truck, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I'd use the term fresh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's actually helped me because I've actually watched a car pull up behind my truck and then my phone rings and it's somebody with the sheriff department. Mm-hmm. Got called in for, you know, suspicious vehicle. And the one the first one that ever did it said, actually, that's a really good idea because you don't have to come out here. I made contact with you. You're good to go. As long yeah. as you're good to go. Yep. Also, it's the same thing. I, and I've, I've gotten calls. I use a little magnetic stick on sign and it just has my name, phone number, and that I have permission to be there. I don't say what I'm doing because I don't want eggs on my truck. Um, <laughs> but I've gotten calls from people that are like, Hey, can you come hunt my place? You yeah. know? And, uh, so yeah, and again, it's the, the biggest thing there is, is just think of, you know, interactions, everything you do is, you know, everything we do as hunters, as a community is, the perception is going to be, you know, a lot of times it's a gray area or whatever, but back to circle back to where we were at earlier, the majority of the people in the state are moderate, somewhere in the middle, centrist, whatever you want to call them. You, you know, you got a lot of people that are really rabid one way, a lot of people that are really, but the majority of people are right in the middle. And, and you're talking about people that are strictly against, strictly for, and some people that they're okay with hunting, they don't do it. Right. But they're not going to tell you not to. There's all kinds of different levels of that, right? Yep. Um, and we need to make sure we present better to those people because you're not going to make the antis happy. You know, I'm not even going to try, you yeah. know, because why? It's like, you know, if I have, you know, I, you know, I've went to leave, I was leaving DNR sports for a tournament and people were out there by the side of the road and they threw something that bounced off my truck and I kept on driving because what's the what kind of truck do you drive well that was my f-150 oh i'd have thrown something at a ford too yeah right well uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, the confrontation doesn't do anybody any good yeah you know i mean well, not not only that but a lot of times they might be hoping for that reaction they are they're going to use that as fuel big time look yeah. at him he's angry and he's going out there with a gun yeah yeah and, and well, they, i mean yeah. if you look at project coyotes youtube page they have videos of going out and harassing bear hunters, coyote hunters, following them around, interrupting their hunt, blocking them, all sorts of stuff. And anytime they get someone that's ticked off, you're guaranteed that's going to be shown on their videos. I mean, I know I've watched at least one or two, I think it was with bear hunters, where they were basically interrupting these guys that were out bear hunting. And yeah, a couple of the guys got ticked off at them and it didn't go full blown confrontation, but I mean, there's definitely some words thrown around and some attitude. That's what they want. They want to show, they want to put that public perception out there that, Hey, look, these hunters are, you know, they're aggressive. They're, they're confrontational. They're mean, blah, 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 to try and sway that public opinion against us. Yep. So the more that we can avoid that and basically make them look silly for doing what they're doing, the better off we're going to be. Yeah. A hundred percent that and that's a big part of it because again it's we have to they're marketing to the moderates 
we have to market better to the moderates. And, you know, they market again with, you know, pictures of cute little coyote puppies and, or whatever, bobcat, you know, kittens, whatever. But if you go out and talk to, and I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, I mean, literally into the hundreds. I mean, I, I'm all the time having this conversation. The majority of people are like, well, you know, aren't coyotes, don't we need to manage them? Aren't they, aren't they going to be a problem if we don't? And so they get it. They understand. We just need to do a better job of, you know, capitalizing on that marketing to it and not alienating ourselves with poor behavior. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times the, the simplest thing that doesn't seem, you know, I, I guess I, the biggest thing I can ask people is to think, really think about that, really think about that image you're putting forth. Uh, you know, we we're talking about the picture thing again, what to us, we look at it and we're like, yeah, that's, that was a good shot. You know, it was, yeah, doesn't... absolutely. Don't mind you taking the headshot. Send me the picture. Absolutely. Yeah. But to put it out there where it can just be taken. Yeah. And done with what we, I mean, we've seen videos after like the Great Lakes tournament one year. One of those Project Coyote PETA, somebody took one of them videos and just made this big old scene out of it. And it was like more graphic than it was in the video's original. You know, so they like, it was like, you could tell it was edited to be like more blood than there was under the pile. You know, there's a pile of dead coyotes, but really a pile of fur kind of soaks up a lot of blood as it's sitting there. Right. But in this video, it's like blood everywhere, you know, and it's like they can do, they can and will do whatever they can to pick on that one person that's on the fence real close to falling off, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and they'll pull them. A lot of times they pull them. Yep. Well, you know, this is, this is one of the things that I, you know, I've been thinking about a lot with this conversation and stuff is when you take a picture, when you present yourself in front of someone else, when you make a post, whatever, you're posting a snapshot. All three of us have seen somebody post a picture that say they're posing with their animal, you know, they're doing their uh, celebratory hunt picture and they have their rifle back here and the rifles pointed this way and we've all seen it where someone will get on there and say oh my gosh your gun's pointed at you it's pointed right at your own head and the point is is you're generating a snapshot you me you know josh merle we all know what that snapshot means someone that's not in that community is going to look at that snapshot and think oh my gosh he has that gun pointing at his kid because his kid's sitting next to him what a nutcase no that's not the case so when when i try and present these things like my pictures and whatever i mean i don't know if you pay much attention to it but in my pictures you notice where my guns pointed all the time because i don't want them to be able to have that perception Mm -hmm. i try and keep it positive there was a post today on a page that i won't mention guy had shot a deer so this guy had harvested a deer with a rifle a semi-automatic rifle with what looked like a high capacity magazine in it and instantly people are like oh that's illegal you're gonna get in trouble here comes a visit from the dnr blah 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 the guys like it's a blocked magazine yeah they might not have known there was a limiter in it exactly but the perception right that's exactly it it's the perception of it and that's i think one of the things I try and present as much as I can. And when I talk to other people or if I set something up for somebody else, that's what we try and present. If it's going to be in a public forum is 
think about it from someone that hasn't seen it before. What are they going to take away from that picture? Are they going to take away some guy that looks like a nutcase? Are they going to take away blood and guts? Are they going to take away a picture of, man, look at the fur on that coyote and the starry sky behind it or the leaves on the ground behind it. That was a really well done picture. That's what I look at. I mean, even tucking the tongue in is like hugely Mm -hmm. beneficial if you can do it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, we talked about, I don't remember. We talked about it not too long ago, but like I've got landowners specifically who, yes, you can hunt my land. Actually, one of them called me to hunt her land. Wants all the coyotes gone or as many as I can absolutely does not want a picture of the dead coyote just oh, yeah. wants to know that it's it happened yep i've got i've got yeah. a landowner it's the exact same way she goes i don't want to see it just let me know if it's done exactly yep. yep yep yeah so i mean you know and i can appreciate that because i get it it's you know it's like i work in the fire service and i've to, to grew some stuff i've seen in my life i can't even begin to tell you you most people should never see it and we'll be at work and we're sitting around the dinner table and some guy will start talking about some job we were on and some gross thing. And I'm like, dude, I'm eating dinner, you know? And they're like, what does it bother you? And I'm like, you know what? I've seen, you know, nastier stuff than most, but I don't need to sit there and think about it while I'm eating dinner, you know? So, so people, yeah, again, and those are the people, again, the moderates, the people in the middle, like they get it, they understand it. And, and they're okay with people like us managing it for them so and i've i've found too that like when sometimes when you have something out there like that and someone that isn't part of that community sees it and they raise an issue with it a lot of times depending on the person obviously you're able to reason with that person to a certain degree because they're already coming on uh, into the conversation with not necessarily a positive thought of it, but not a negative thought of it. Someone like that, if they see something like that, that doesn't give them a bad taste in their mouth right off the bat, they're just more curious about it, or maybe they have a hint of, I don't think that's right. You can talk to that person. Sometimes you can make them reason. But again, like you said, Merle, you have the people on the extreme sides. You're never going to reason with them. You're never going to get anything changed with them. But the moderates in the middle, and that's why, you know, even on our page, Overdrive Outdoors, Josh has commented on this before. I'll often try and be nice first. <laughs> he does try a lot harder than me. <laughs> and, you know, I'll try and use a little bit of reason or a little bit of, um, you know, um, rational debate with them to try and get them to understand. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I always try and go that route. That's just me. He does. He's a nice, and, kinder well, heart and, and, and that's, no, applause for that because that's what needs, that's what we all need to be doing because, again, every little, the, the struggle is so big and, you know, I was that's talking. That's why I call Kevin my good half. Your good half? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I can see that. <laughs> he, he tones me down, evens right, me out a little. Right, yeah. <laughs> But well, but you're bringing up a, a really good. It's actually a separate point there, Josh. You're bringing up a really, really good point, and so that you have we have the far stream on the one side that wants to stop everything we do. Then we have our end, which I think, and I don't have data to support this, but I think if we really had an inventory of people, I think we've got those other people outnumbered. They make their numbers look really, really big because oh, yeah. they're their rosters are from people all over the world. You where, really think we got more, more hunters I, than anti? Well, 
think my, about it this way, Josh. Same thing goes for the gun control debate. How many registered gun owners are there in the United States? What was it like 40 million or 400 million? They sure went up during the COVID scare when the government yep. wasn't so but trustworthy, the, didn't they? Well, the point being is I fully believe, like Merle said, we have bigger numbers. Yep. The problem, which is what I think Merle's getting to, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, is the difference is they're organized and they're outspoken where we're not. That's part of it. Um, and you're exactly right about those. The one I was going to in reference to Josh was they're in lockstep. Okay. Mm. What they, do you mean? They, they are working together. They're, they're all working together, marching the same March, man. I mean, literally in lockstep. And while you got deer hunters pissing on each other for shooting four points, coyote right. hunters pissing on each other for stepping over a County line. Yep. I get and, you. and we have in, in this is, and I, and I don't want to get into political ideology here, but it's it's kind of the bane of the conservative you know most hunters you know you can kind of think that you know or assume you know they're they're more of a conservative mindset a lot of them it's like i just just leave me alone i want to do my thing i don't want to get involved yep. well that's yep. great but guess what your your thing is going to get taken away if right. you don't get involved it's going to get taken away so so you know a big so there, we need more involvement at all, all, at all levels. We, you know, as I was saying earlier, we need the solidarity, not just amongst our own group, but with the other groups. Uh, and that solidarity comes down to things like getting them into massive, you know, freaking arguments about whatever silly thing it may be that doesn't really matter. Calibers. You know, caliber. I mean, yeah, if you shoot a six, five Creed more, probably stay home. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Greg will listen to this. Prime examples. That's the rule. The collar wars, the yeah. light wars, the all that stuff. It doesn't matter, okay? Right. But and then and then you take in you know and into account. It's like the uh, one of the commissioners, the Kalamazoo County commissioners. As a matter of fact, he was one of the key people in spurring the whole. Um, but the, that so this Kalamazoo County commissioner. He said he was a hunter. You know, he talks about being a hunter. I grew up a hunter and everything, but this is just senseless, needless killing. So now all of a sudden you have a hunter against hunters because, and I get it. I grew up, you know, my, my dad, my granddad taught me as I grew up, you use what you take, right? Well, that's great, except if you can't use it. So, but he was just, you know, he's all into the, you know, this is, this is a, a, a stain on hunters and it's a black eye to hunters and there's all this stuff and you know and i'm not going to get any deeper into the individual and other parts of his background but let's see the same guy who put a mousetrap out and throw the damn thing in the trash 100 percent. you know and see, so, yeah he didn't he didn't he didn't skin that little mouse and make a little finger pop exactly out of him, did he? i mean um <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> wow this could go a whole different way now <laughs> well, come on it's like are you gonna but it's it's um I gotta take a drink. Ah, <laughs> uh, you had to go there. Um, well, that, I mean, that is a point, though. You can't. I mean, how many of us? And don't admit it if you want, but statute of limitations should be over. I grew up shooting sparrows for people who were tired of them, right? Being all over the place. Yep. I didn't eat them. Nobody ever taught me to eat them. You don't eat sparrows. But how many people grew up learning how to they hunt, how them. to shoot, I doing that? Tell you this: so if you trap them, they make great pike bait. Yeah, they make or what? good recording. Great pike bait. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. That is a stain on Pike Fisherman. <laughs> As a kid, though, you don't know that stuff. Well, right? not, exactly. Right. But then, but then to go say that this is a stain on them because it's senseless killing. Like I said, you kill if you kill anything, even if you're a vegetarian. It's been talked about many, many times how many animals you're really killing. Right. Sure. You're not. And we, and we hear that all the time. I mean, you shouldn't. You, I, I shouldn't say it's starting to be not as much, but usually. Every year you get a few people out there say, well, I'm not going to shoot anything. I don't eat. That's not how I was taught. Yep. Okay. And then you try and present the side of predator management to them and, you know, population control, problem animals, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and sometimes they'll still argue. And I say, well, I've eaten it. Why don't you eat it then? Go and well, shoot one. I have. Right. And we posted uh, Cody. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> right. Cody's wolf. And yeah. a guy actually got on there and said, you know, I was taught not to kill anything I don't eat. And I assume this was going to go off the rail, but he said, but I understand the need for predator management. Right. Right. Like that's one of them guys that I feel like is on the fence that if you right. screw it up, like if, if there would have been a picture there with its face, just folded in from a bullet, that guy might've said, right. Why? I mean, that whole right. conversation might've gone differently. Yep. And there's a lot of our difficulty and that's why we have to try so hard because there, again, there's, there's so many, the gray areas and the different lines and everything like that. And, 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 you know, it, it drives me nuts to this day. And, you know, I, I, I've killed a lot of deer in my life and every one of them has been dressed and put in the freezer, you know, and I, most of the time, just about every one of them, you know, when I, when I got done killing, when I got to it, you know, I, I had my minute because it, you know, because of the respect for it, it's like the, the the center fire thing i was asked why i put so much work into that just so i could go have more fun and my reply wasn't that it was so i could go have more fun it was to enable my own humanity you know i was i was at the point where i was it was just making me but i i had a problem that i needed to manage i couldn't stop doing it you know and that was just in my backyard so well and this is one if you're talking center fire at night restrictions rim fire Kevin, did you listen to the Fox Pro podcast John Collins put out the other day, Red Lights and Rim Fires? Yeah, a lot of it. I didn't. I don't think I caught all of it. If you haven't, Merle, I think you should because yeah. it's on that sub subject a lot. And he's like, yeah, you know, it can get it done. Shout out to John Collins because those are pretty much John Collins' word might stray for a little bit. Yes, it can get it done, but we owe the coyote more. Yes. Which is yep. exactly what I believe. Well, like, yep. Just because it's vermin doesn't mean I want it to go lay there for ten hours suffering. Right. And yeah. you you just you just spoke to the most important part of this whole conversation, and that's our responsibility. Uh, you know, we're we've got a responsibility that no other animal in the animal kingdom can fulfill. They just can't. And you know, other animals, you know, people complain, oh, you just hunt for fun. Well, guess what? So do cats. So do mm -hmm. what orca whales. So I forget wolves, I think hunt for fun. There's many animals have been documented. They hunt for fun. Right. So there, you know, that's just, we're, that's our nature. That's what we do. That doesn't mean we can't have respect. And more importantly, we as humans have the humanity to understand our responsibility. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm afraid that gets lost a lot, you know, but that's one of the reasons why I'm here talking because we need to, you know, as many of us as we can, can need to share that message that, that, you know, it's a responsibility. We have that responsibility. And, and that's again, why I did the center fire thing. And 
you know, I had people argue with me about that. It's like, well, you know, one of my best friends, I 17 HMR, that's all I need for coyotes. And, and I did the math and I forget, I got it somewhere. I did the math on a piece of piano wire and I, I, it was like almost seven inches long and how fast it would have to go to have the killing power of a 17 HMR. And I'm like, so if you can, I, I literally had a piece of piano wire and I held it up to him. I'm like, so if you could, if you could, you know, shoot this thing at a, at a coyote at a hundred yards, would you do it? You know, I, I told him the speed and he's like, well, no, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, then, you know, there comes a point where, you know, and I, and that's the extreme example, but you know, it, you, you, you move, you start moving up the scale and sooner or later you find a point where it works well, you know? And, and that's, that's something that was brought up. I mean, and at least I remember it was in, in our class in terms of hunter safety, you want to be able to a put the shot where it needs to go and B use something that's going to be an effective because you have the respect for that animal. You want a click quick, clean, humane kill. Yep. Well, now if I could speak on that, that wasn't, while it might've been something we had to agree upon, that wasn't something I would have never voted for the opportunity to still be able to use my rimfire. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was a shortcoming on the DNR or whoever wrote that to say, yes, you can use them up to this point, but down here, you're going to still use your rimfire. That is not adequate enough. Well, that's, that's a, I mean, I, I guess I'm not entirely sure the, uh, the, the point you're making, but the, down here. Well, I mean, Kevin's speaking about it being our responsibility. Right. That's taught to us in yep. hunter safety. We can't even come up, we can't even be that responsible when these are the laws put in front of us by people who right. really have no knowledge of what it actually right. takes. Okay, so, but still the, that, that rule is a different thing because you're still allowed to use uh, a rimfire right, right, right. anywhere. But I state. mean, I wouldn't. I don't think it's a good idea, but you're allowed to. I'm not saying I, wa I, wa I would fight to be allowed to use it. I'm saying... While Kevin's still saying, limited to it, still limited to it. If that is that my responsibility, your responsibility, your responsibility to be a sufficient, yep. uh, uh, what's the word? Um, utilize effective tools. Yeah, but we can't even do that in some areas because of these people who, right. how many of them have actually gone out and tried to shoot an animal with right. a 17 and anchor it right there? Right. And right. that's why I actually, oh, and, then, and, and, and uh, so. So the rule you're talking about, you know, that was a negotiation. Yep. Okay. And I disagreed with the rule. I, I personally disagree with that rule, but at the time of the negotiation, I agreed with that rule because if we did not agree with that rule, the whole thing was going to get submarined. I, I can, you know, and I, and I can't, it was, swear a concession. Stack about it. it was a concession. I mean, cause things are a negotiation and sometimes you got to, make adjustments you don't like to make. And, um, you know, my personal answer to that is during that time of the year, I just don't hunt coyotes with my, I, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm like, I got, you know, it's deer hunting season. I can go deer hunting. I've only got so much time. Um, so, but you can't go hunt public down here at night. That's what I'm saying. I don't. So exactly. I don't, I, well, I do. Oh yeah. Well, but that's their so, limitation. It, on then me there's, is... there's, there's the potential for getting that change. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, again, that's, again, it's a negotiation, you know, and, and, and if it had been up to me, I would have said that we just eliminate rim fires for coyotes completely. Yeah. We just don't use them from one end of the state to the other, but I was losing that. I mean, allowed to use so. it. That's fine. If you really want to watch them all run off, 
right. then that's fine. Not all of them, Kevin. I'm aware you've made some <laughs> damn good shots. So have I. But yeah, I just feel like it's 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 a little bit of bullshit for me to go out there, me wanting to go out there and say I want to drag them all back to the truck. But the DNR only limited us to this. This is the agreement we made. I'm going to go out there and feel like I wounded five of them tonight. Right. Well, I mean, your other option is to not go out there. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you, if if it's. Well, not only that, but the fact that it is a concession. And I know Bob Abbott has spoke to this as well. What does concession is... mean? You, you had to come to an agreement? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, basically, you're giving a little to gain a lot. Okay. Concession. Yep. Um, but Bob has spoken about this before too. I know shortly after we got the center fire night passed, um, is that if we, the people that are going to be utilizing these new rules are able to put forth a positive experience based on the new rules, um, there's a likelihood that those rules can be expanded. So, for example, center fire at night up here, you know, in the northern zone where I'm at, if they can prove a good track record in terms of safety, effectiveness, et cetera, et cetera, and the fact that they can use them on private land down south and show that that is having a positive impact, people are being safe, there is not a safety concern, there is a possibility that in the future, they're going to be more likely to accept a change to make that southern zone more like the northern zone because it's been proven, but you have to be able to prove that out first before they're going to be receptive to it. But now that's not ever something that they're just going to be sitting around one day going, Hey, should we really evaluate changing that? That's going to have to be brought to them. Um, it probably will. Well, yes and no though, because they, I will say that I have witnessed the DNR discussing things like that. Um, and I, and I, and I was, I was, uh, I had a conversation here recently with the, the chief of DNR law enforcement, uh, Dan Shaw, and it was a fantastic conversation. And he, he, he spoke to the fact that we've proven a really good track record. I mean, they're seeing it. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, and you know, again, you, you know, the other part of that is you got to understand is concessions and negotiations. Sometimes you're negotiating with people that if, if it was a different person in that spot, the negotiation might be entirely different. And right. you have to, you know, you basically have to manage that as you go. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, I agree with you. I, I think it should be different, but that was our baby step. It was actually, a, it was more than a baby step. It was right. a pretty huge step. So, right. um, but as yeah. long as it took to get, how, we've talked about it before. What was it? 13 months, 14 months, 14 months to get center fire passed. Yeah. One stupid post, stupid screw up, stupid accident. They'll take it away now. They, well, they'd have to, they need to build a case because it's, they can take, it can be taken away. It can be changed. Everything can. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's one of the reasons why we have a system like we do with an NRC, you know, where there's the DNR, there's the NRC, there's all the lobbying bodies like, you know, MTPCA, MUCC, et cetera. So it's, Again, that's it's not just okay. Well, we gave you the chance, but bam, we're taking it away. No, there's going to be a negotiation there. there there'd have to be something pretty drastic to, and even then, it's gonna it's gonna be a a, a some form of a negotiation. Uh, the the bigger threat 
goes back to the legislative stuff and the the anti groups and and you know that's that's where the real threat comes in. Uh, you can see that again in other parts of the country. You know, California where you can't even trap a bobcat now. You know, it's it's a come on, is that not ridiculous? They're cats. They breed like cats. So, my guess is that'll become a problem. So hopefully for every one of them that voted against it. Yeah, hopefully, you know, so, <laughs> uh, and you know, and a big part of that equation is, is the moderates not understanding again that, you know, we can sit here and complain that they don't, or we can try and get them to understand and, um, you know, complaining isn't going to get anybody anywhere. And while we're complaining, the antis are going to be marketing their hogwash and it's hogwash. So, uh, you know, we can, we can put more work in, you know, more folks. So, you know, we need, we need people to get involved. Uh, I've been saying this every time I talk, people need to get involved in it. How can we get involved? Um, well, join in the MTPCA and I don't want this to be an MTPCA membership thing, but, uh, right now, you know, MTPCA, it's Michigan Trapper and Predator Caller Association. So this, this is really a, a predator hunting podcast, right? Basically geared towards callers. So, well, Kevin traps too. Sometimes, okay. you know, uh, we got pretty well, much in, everybody in, that listens. In, so. in, in, in one of the things I can tell you is going on really, it's really cool about MTPCA. I believe it's the only organization in the country that is trapping and calling at the same time because they are different disciplines, but as much as it creates challenges, it's also bearing some really good fruit because people are, they're, they're coming together and they're working hard. So uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And, uh, uh, you know, so I, I think, you know, I, I had asked Bob Abbott back when we got done with the center fire, I thought, Hey, maybe we should, you know, take the momentum we had and try and build an organization. And, uh, um, you know, his, his suggestion was we let MTPCA, who was always already a calling organization, you know, and I think he had some good wisdom there. I mean, he, it was pretty smart and plus, he was tired and I was tired. I was really tired. So, um, but it, it's, I think it's starting to work out pretty good. There's people getting involved and, and, uh, but we need more people to get involved and we need, and the involvement doesn't just, you know, membership is involvement. Um, being involved once you're a member paying attention to what's going on. And, you know, and I know people want to say, and I'm, I've been the same way in my life where you say, well, I don't know. Nobody's telling me anything. Well, you got to go seek it out. Mm-hmm. You got to. You know, well, and MTPCA you, sends out emails yep, pretty regularly. Yep. And, uh, and, but just, just back to what we were talking about earlier with the social media stuff or, or the public perception stuff, you know, when you're out there and you're interacting with that person in the public, that's a moderate, you know, the neighbor where you're at, all those little teeny things, that's involvement. You know, that's, it's, it's, it's putting forth a positive you know and i you know i hate to sound like you know things are all butterflies and unicorns because they aren't um you know and i i can tell you if if my 21 year old me heard me speaking right now he'd laugh at me but <laughs> you want me to i'm not far off go ahead man uh, <laughs> but it doesn't change the reality of what it is i mean we can we can't keep just everybody can't just keep going along doing their own thing and and you know forsaking the solidarity because it's what i want to do and and uh because we got some huge hurdles to overcome and they're not just predator calling or trapping hurdles. Uh, you know, the, it, it's, I, I've had so many times in my conversations where somebody says, I talk about losing tournaments and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, we get it. It's just the tip of the iceberg. And my reply is no, you don't get it. 
because it's not just the tip of the iceberg. They're blowing your whole damn iceberg apart because the precedent they set and all their arguments, they, they're, they've already won the fights they need to, you know, win to take away more stuff. And, and, uh, you know, so you get these, the guy that's a deer hunter that is like, I just want to hunt deer and you know, that's not my problem over there. Well, guess what? It is your problem over there, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's, it's a struggle because we've been marginalized for so long. You know, I, I still think, I, I, I think, uh, what I was saying earlier, I think there is more of us, but we've been marginalized and kept in the shadows. And, and, uh, I tell people, you know, well, you guys came up to ever, you know, the day before when it was a little more active than when you guys showed up, I was speaking to quite a few people and we got into a pretty heated conversation about dealing with the antis and people are like, ah, you know, I just, I don't, I'm going to get right in their face. I'm like, no, leave them alone. Forget about it. You know, uh, just, you know, turn the other cheek, walk away and deal with the people that are in the middle of the, the moderates in the middle of the road and think about what you're, how you're presenting yourself. And, and, uh, I've, I've told so many of them, I'm like, you know, back to the first amendment being the first amendment for a reason. I want people to stand up. I want them to be bold. I want them to be proud of what they're doing. You know, I'm not saying don't put pictures on social media. I'm just saying have some eloquence, some decorum, you know, do it tastefully. Um, because you know, think about what you're doing, but I, I, I still, I want people standing up and being proud and bold. It drives me nuts when a deer hunter says, uh, you know, I, I, I don't enjoy killing that deer. I just, I just, you know, did it because I, you know, like a bowl, that's quit yeah. freaking BSing me. You did too. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, again, we're members of the animal kingdom and we enjoy it because it's our nature and there's nothing wrong with that. We got to quit being ashamed of it. We need to be proud of it. Again, the difference is we have the cognitive ability to do good with it. Where, you know, the rest of the animal kingdom is just going to go, you know, left unchecked, it's going to be a mess. And people can have all kinds of arguments they want about why that's the way it is. And they can blame it on mankind being here and screwing things up. None of that matters because we're at where we're at today. And we have to, you know, it's our responsibility to do that. And, and, uh, and I'm not going to be ashamed of that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like, I do. I, I like, I, I like hunting coyotes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so well, going back to, you know, Josh asking how you can get involved. Um, there's a quote that I really like and I don't remember where I got it from, but the quote goes, you may not want to get involved in politics, but sooner or later politics is going to get involved with you. Basically it's point saying that, you know, like Merle was saying, if you're not getting involved sooner or later, things going to happen because you didn't get involved. Yeah. Yep. You're a hundred percent right. And 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 I, I think it's one of those things. It's it's real easy when you're younger to, you know, you, you know, you, you don't think about it. You don't you're think not, about it. Life's not, fun, and it should yeah. be right. It right. should be fun. You know, I mean, the last thing you want is, you know, for your daughter upstairs to have to think about politics today. I mean, you don't want her to have to worry about that. That's why for... I pulled her out of school. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> politics, everything. Yeah, so, I don't need um, it. So, yeah, it's uh, um. Josh was just bringing up a point. Uh, uh, one of the things that uh, is I've I've seen get lost in a lot of conversations here, or misunderstood. I mean, in a lot of conversations lately, is is the year-round county season we have right now. Uh, a lot of people think that it was the DNR that did that. Uh, well, at first, a lot of people thought it was us that did that. They thought it was 
uh, Bob Abbott's group and MTPCA. And it wasn't, it was, uh, the NRC actually did that. Uh, why did they do that? They did that because of complaints from one end of the state to the other about coyotes. They were getting complaints from people. They were getting complaints from politicians. Um, they were just, you know, because there's, again, I mean, you know, why they're, you know, they can be very problematic if left unchecked. So, uh, but yeah, that was an NRC thing. Uh, that was not, that was not the DNR that did that. Um, they, the NRC came to the DNR and this was actually in September of 2015. Actually, I think it was before that it was presented in September of 2015, the DNR solutions for county population management. Um, center fire at night was not one of those solutions. Uh, so I can't remember all of them. One of those solutions was that they wanted to hire sharpshooters to go into problem locations God, and take them out. That's so dumb. And my response to that was, where do I apply? Because yeah. I would, I would, it's like, <laughs> why would you, why? Well, and, and that's one thing too. I've even seen like, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen like, Hunters can't do it, but we're okay with somebody getting paid to go in there and just wipe them off and throw them into a dumpster. Right. Like, that is ridiculous. Why would we take that money when there's all of us willing to do this? And I think that's happening in California right now uh, because, you know, things are coming around to roost already. I'm not sure. And I I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't speak about it because I haven't done my homework for sure, but I've, I've heard bits and pieces that that's already started to happen because... Guess but what? they voted against it. Right. I hope they eat all your cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. know. It's difficult. It's it's a struggle. But So why would they ever want us to control animals that they brought here and released to control the deer population? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask I'm you. I'm going to ask you if you have any anything that can prove that. Nothing. Okay. I have a picture off of an old potato taken from my brother's sisters right ex-boyfriend's dad yeah um (laughs) and my brother's sister would also be my sister i guess yeah okay (laughs) no there's uh to my knowledge and you know and i'm not saying i could be maybe i'm not wrong but uh who knows uh to my knowledge and i've dug pretty deep trying to find out and uh i've spent a little bit of money on booze getting people drunk (laughs) um talk to me yeah Uh, (laughs) To my knowledge, nothing like that ever happened. And I don't know why it would have. Uh, in urban legends like that circulated in our community are not healthy. You know, it doesn't do us any good yep. because it's one of those things. It's also like the DNR is evil. Look at what they're doing. Well, for starters, if something like that happened, the paper trail would be pretty freaking big, you know, so you'd be able to find it. And I, and I struggled with this because I, I had this repeated to me once uh, about uh somebody that knew somebody really well that saw them releasing cougars in hmm. remus and, well uh, shoot we just saw one today kevin one their wolves released in the thumb too or something uh-huh. like that. And, yep. uh, so uh and i struggled with that one really long because that was there is cougars if you go to the right bar in remus well more importantly <laughs> the person that was telling me this i would so yeah and so when you're in that situation and you're trying to sit there and look at her and, and you want to tell her <laughs> you know that's a bunch of hogwash but it's like i'm gonna leave that for later you know after she already hates me but um, uh but yeah this, that stuff is again the urban legends like that they don't do us any good and it, it, it can't if you can't 
if you can't substantiate what you're talking about, then don't freaking talk about it. You know, especially something, you know, that, that has that type of magnitude. It's, you know, it's just not a, it's not, it's not a good plan. So I, I don't know of any, you know, they're counties are just, they're everywhere. You know, I mean, did they also truck them into downtown Chicago and drop them near Wrigley field so they could, you know, this is, they've been seen there, you know, yeah, uh, read a whole article about the family of them that lives around there. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I, I work for the city of Grand Rapids and we see them, we've literally seen them right in the city, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's, they're, they're just, they're an amazingly resilient. I mean, I, you know, I love hunting them, but you got to respect them because they're an incredible animal. They, uh, yeah. you know, again, amazingly resilient. They, they are super adaptable and, but. Again. I was one time told by another coyote hunter that I cannot possibly love an animal that I'm also willing to go shoot. You mm. might remember that conversation a long time ago, Kevin. I've actually seen that conversation between other people as well, too. How can you say, yeah. like, I think Tony Tebby's brought that up. I, I think James Bostock has brought that up. I think there's been a bunch of people where you've heard that, you know, how can you say you love them when you go out and shoot them? I love every bit of them. I, did, I Jim, did Jim Shockey do a real nice write-up about something like that? He might have. Either that or James, I think James Bostock did, too, did a whole write-up about that on how he can hunt an animal that he loves you bet yeah. oh, i could see that coming out of jim he's an outstanding dude you know he yeah. and he gets it you know and um yeah i have you know like i was talking about with deer earlier man i mean i've there's there's been a couple of those i put down man i went over and i literally got down on a knee next to him and uh you know i've got you know in some ways i got a lot more respect for some of those animals and mm -hmm. i'll stop there <laughs> but i won't there's a quote out of a book that i have here it says i love coyotes they're great at doing what coyotes do what i don't like is people that aren't as smart as coyotes right yeah <laughs> yeah well i'm telling you it, it's no i mean yeah. i think that's just a perception that we see too i mean we even get it on our on our overdrive page how we're assassins we just shoot to shoot and we don't care what we kill we just kill to kill and it's like you don't you don't understand all the stuff that's gone into it and at that time i mean like my buck this year my daughter's buck this year like you don't have any clue what's gone into this or what I am feeling at this point. And the, the, the idea of being out there with them and learning about them, I guarantee us hunters know probably 10 times more than most of the people that are voting against all this stuff about the animals that we love so much. And yep. yet we can't love them because we hunt them. That makes no sense. I also love them enough to know, number one, I don't want to go wound them with a rim fire. I hate that. I, if I didn't love the animal, why would I care if it ran off, got shot, and died? Right. You know, I, I, why do I care about practicing so much with my bow to make sure that I can watch a deer fall dead instead of having to leave it for 12, 24 hours? Right. You know, so it's, I, I don't know. There's just, I, I get sick of seeing that argument. And like I said, I think, I think if they would spend time out there, they would learn more about why we can say we love it. You know, here in a pack of them, we, we are what one pack with you, Kevin, the other night, two mm -hmm. packs, maybe. And yeah. that was enough there to just be like, I'm good. Yeah. We didn't kill anything that night, but it was still a good time. You oh, know? Heck and yeah. Yep. With friends and everything. So. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the, you're right about that. And that's one of the, that's one of the big struggles we have because it, it's so much easier to market pictures of cute puppies yeah than it is to mark 
that reality that we have. And because you need to, you have to experience that reality to get, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of people in the moderates that, that get it, you know, mm-hmm. and again, you know, it's always the squeaky wheel thing. You're always going to get the small group that are just going to be, uh, you know, and, and my thing is, it's like, okay, let's, let's work on the solidarity amongst ourselves. Let's work on the good presentation. Let's work on the good imaging. Let's, you know, solve as many problems that we can as a group, you know, and then hopefully that'll start reflecting well upon us and the moderates will get it more. And, and they'll, you know, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy. You're not going to, you're not, you just, we're never going to make an anti-hunter stop being an anti-hunter or all of a sudden love us. No, it's not going to. So, but, you know, what we have on our side is we, we do have the science on our, you know, and it's funny because, and this is, I, I, I almost, I almost hate bringing up the word science because in today's world, everybody's throwing it out like a freaking, you know, a wet noodle sword, you know, and, you know, and, you know, my science trumps your science and, and they, you know, finger pointing and all this stuff. But, and, and I'm not even really a science guy as much as I am just a common sense logic guy. It's just, it's pretty simple stuff. You know, it's like, you know, I remember when, you know, way back when I was just working on, you know, back in 16, working on the center fire thing. And I was talking to a DNR biologist about the counties showing up on my place. And he's like, well, they're, they're really not, they're really not going to have an impact on your deer. And I'm like, okay, yeah. till two I'm, pup sessions later, I'm, there's 40 of them. Now. Yeah. And I'm, and I, but I'm back to, <laughs> you know, simple farm boy stuff. It's like, I can, I, I can get my hands out and I can do this one, two, three, four, five thing. You know, I, I didn't need any fancy science or data to understand what I saw right in front of me, you know, it's, it's, that's just simple logic. It's not that hard. You know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't need a spreadsheet to put a nut and bolt together. I can put the nut and bolt together. So, uh, and so sometimes I think, and I, and I, I do think our, our DNR is a little bit guilty of this is in, in, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because it's their job to be about data and it's their job to be about science. But sometimes I think they get so wrapped up in it that they can't see, you know, they don't have clarity. Well, that's the same argument made by people fighting for APRs, one buck rules, all the same things. It's, they don't care. They don't, they don't look at all the big picture and it's like, right. Right. I I don't know. I don't know how to handle those situations. Cause I, here's the thing. The DNR NRC is probably always hiring. (laughs) If you got an idea that you want to bring in and you think you can do it so much better, why don't you work for them? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to learn how the NRC better, how they work. Cause I, I mentioned this earlier is I think our communities need to have more impact on who's, you know, appointed to those seats, but, uh, that's a whole nother subject. But, uh, you know, there's been times where I've thought to myself again, I grew up you know, I, I grew up, a. Some of my dad's best friends were cops and, you know, it's to the point where they dragged me home when I wasn't being so good, you know, and it was like, you want your whipping for me or your dad. And I'm like, you, you please, you know, <laughs> you know, so I grew up with a healthy respect for law enforcement and they were my dad's and some of my best friends now are, but uh, I also grew up, my dad and my granddad, you know, they, they, the DNR, they were, oh, they were evil, you know, and I do have a, a different a, a different view on that now and a different respect for it. And I, and I can say that, you know, you always get in those hypotheticals. Yeah. If you had to do over again and I, I, I can see where it would be cool to work for the DNR. Um, cause there's a lot of good stuff that is happening there. And the thing is, if it's, it's like, if you don't have good people involved in it, 
what are you going to end up with? So, uh, and there are a lot of good people over there, but you know, it's like anything else you get politicians involved and, you know, is a good majority of the people on those, on the DNR, M, uh, MUCC, NRC are a good majority of them hunters versus not hunters. I would say the, the lion or at least sportsmen, the lion's share of them are some type of sportsmen, you know, and it might not be, you know, they might not be a hardcore deer hunter. They might, you know, they might be, their main thing might be fishing. There might, there might be upland birds, but the majority of them, you know, that I've seen that I've dealt with are a sports person of some type. Okay. So, you know, that's, and, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd like to think that, you know, if you're going there to work with that group and this is what I want to go talk about, you'd like to think that they're all gonna, you know, understand me, but you know, I got to understand them too. So, yeah. and you know, and then at the end of the day, you know, one of the struggles we have is, is, uh, you know, and it's a good struggle to have, but you know, the, the DNR and the NRC both, you know, they're, you know, the waterways in Michigan are, you know, there's such a huge, huge thing to deal with, um, massive thing to deal with, you know, so they've got that. And then they've got, you know, of course, whitetails, another massive thing. Um, the, the last, uh, just a side note, the last, the last NRC meeting, they, uh, the DNR biologist in charge of the deer stuff did roll out the new deer management initiative, which is to look at all the, you know, all the subjects and try and hopefully come up with some, some kind of, a uh, some positive changes before the next season. Uh, I, I believe they're looking for, for input and involvement from, you asked about how people can involved, you know, we, we don't just need to be involved in predator calling. Uh, they're looking for involvement in that. Uh, so I, I was literally sitting there at the table thinking, boy, that'd be cool to get involved in, but my plate's pretty full. So, uh, you know, I, I would encourage anybody that's really into deer hunting to, to look into it and you can find Leave that all right on the, <laughs> <laughs> that's you, just my input. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> again, I'm making my voice heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, you can, you know, you know, I'm not going to say Google's my friend because I don't think they are, but you can get right online and find all that information. You go to the NRC website, you go to the DNR website. There's all kinds of information out there. Uh, how long do they meet or how often do they meet? The NRC meets every, every month, the second, the second Thursday, every month. Uh, they're different. I haven't seen the schedule for next year. I mean, the majority of them are typically in Lansing, but then they try and move around the state for some of the other ones like October. Oh, they've had them in Holland. Yep. They've had him in Holland. We were, we were in Escanaba in October, which is kind of cool. Uh, I, from there I got up to Marquette and, uh, that was, that was fun. But so I, there's, I know there's been some requests for them to start getting more of them around the state, you know, cause I think like right now, 75% of them are, I don't know, whatever, but the lion's share of them are in Lansing. So uh there there there's talk about moving more of those around and are all those public meetings or just them the nrc the nrc meetings are, are public meetings okay. there's they have a typical day is you know starts uh 8 30 or 9 o'clock depending on the you know the schedule they start out with uh oh there's uh wildlife and a fisheries subcommittees within the nrc so they'll have those subcommittee meetings and then they go into the meeting, the whole, and then they go into public comment where anybody can come speak. Anybody, uh, 
you know, you can go in there. Uh, there's rules for that, of course, but you can go in there, whatever you have to speak of, it's, you know, it's got something to do obviously with, you know, the, the DNR and, you know, the outdoors, but uh, you can go in there and, you know, put your two cents in. So, uh, you know, and that's essentially how Bob Ab started. You know, that's, that's where he went. He went, started putting the two cents in, you know, and it, and it grew. So. Kevin, got anything else you'd like to finish up with? One thing I would um, like to just plant a bug in your ear about for thinking about going forward is this whole discussion, one of the things that I've noticed is it seems like a lot of it is we are on the defensive. We are reacting to what others are trying to do. My question is what kind of strategy could be formulated to be on the offensive? Put them on their heels in terms of them trying to prove their case and have us be a step ahead of it. And I don't expect an answer from you right now, Merle, but that'd be something that I would try and look at a little bit more is just as change up in strategy to instead of be defensive, go on the offensive in terms of trying to protect what we have or grow what we have, um, you know, validate our um, methods or, you know, validate what we're doing, you know, and put that out there, get ahead of the game a little bit if it, if it's possible in any way. Um, Cause you know, I mean, obviously you have to react to the fires, you know that, mm-hmm. but how can we get out there and make that house fireproof? You know, uh, that's a thought on strategy. Yeah, and like no, I said, I don't expect an answer. Well, I, I've, I've got answers. I have answers. Oh, good. They're not great <laughs> answers if they're answers, um, but no, cause that's an excellent question. Um, and there are people thinking about that right now. Uh, one of those, one of the things is in, in, in our little community, uh, MTPCA, uh, we re- earlier this year put together a committee to start looking at exactly that. Um, it's hard to get a lot of work done. We need more people involved in it. Uh, again, it's the involvement thing. Um, you know, and because, you know, I, I, I pointed this out in our, in our MTPCA meeting the other day. It's like, I could, I can come up with this stuff myself, but you know, I, I, my focus might not, you know, my lens is only so big. Uh, so you definitely need that involvement. Uh, um, talking to one of the other uh uh members recently the the subject came up and i've i've done a little bit of homework on this before uh and it's this is a huge huge undertaking but an actual uh um constitutional michigan state constitutional amendment to support you know and and that's happened in this country recently i think the latest one was idaho i think idaho please explain that one what do you mean so, you know, what the Constitution of the United States is, right? Yes. Okay, well, and there's the amendments in there, like the First Amendments, mm-hmm. you know, Second Amendment, you know, firearms. Those amendments support, you know, firearms. They support free speech. Well, Michigan State has its own Constitution, and there's things in there, you know, different stuff. Well, some states have a constitutional amendment. So it's in the Constitution, and it protects your rights, your natural rights, and and and. And that's a thing that a lot of people don't understand. We have, we have na- our, the the right to hunt. That's our natural right. But the problem is, is there's laws all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's where you got to fight out the politics. Because, again, as I said earlier, you know, we're all three. We're just animals. We're just animals in the animal kingdom. We have a natural right, but there's laws that regulate all this stuff. So, 
Um, so we need to, we need to protect that natural rice. So that, that's, that's probably is the, uh, the brass ring of, of, of being on the offense right there. Um, you know, and then there's a lot of other little things along the way, you know, just, I mean, things like this, um, you know, good marketing, getting people to understand, you know, bringing people together, the unity, the solidarity that we need. And I know this sounds hokey and, you know, everybody, you know, and there's going to be people that are like, yeah, what a goofball, but, uh, it doesn't change the reality of it. It's the way it is. If, if we don't have, you know, if, if we keep having these predator calling is the low hanging fruit right now. And part of it is because of the, uh, because the cute puppy pictures, right. In the tournaments. Yeah. But they never post the ones with the puppies with mange. Right. Of course not. Of course not. That's, that's their, how good, you know, um, but we are the low hanging fruit and it's also a relatively new sport in this state. I mean, it's not like it hasn't been around for a long, long time, but look at the explosion in the last eight years. Right. So you got people all over the state. that Golly, eight years. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's like, I started calling coyotes in back in the early nineties, but it's like, this is the last eight years is when it exploded. But... Center fire at night came in in 2016. Yeah. And that's when it pretty much blew up. It blew up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it blew up. So, but so that has then put a target on our back, literally. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, we're the, and then, so we've got, and you guys see it, you know, we talked about it earlier. Guys talking about it. It's like, oh my God, you know, you get on social media and guys argue about, you know, who's got the coolest tripod. And then even worse, it, 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 it devolves into the point where they're arguing about the semantics of their argument. Mm -hmm. And they make themselves look like absolute fools. And again, don't think that these are private, you know, these people see that. I mean, I've, I've had comments from DNR and NRC officials about, you know, people see it, people look at it, whether it's them, whether it's the antis, you know, so we, we got to do better. We can't keep behaving like that. And, uh, yeah, by the way, DNR monitors a lot of hunting pages too. Yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. they have, I, th I think they've got staff that just sits and does it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, I don't, Hey, if I was in there, if I was in their shoes doing their job, I mean, think about it. That's a pretty good strategy, That's right? So, easy way to fuck people. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and, and this, you know, the solution to that is, is to behave better. You know I mean? And I'm not saying, Oh, behave and, you know, be boring, blah, blah. Just, you can, I mean, you know it, I mean, you, you know, you do a, a really good job of hunting, you know, you got, you know, good ethics and, you know, integrity and you, you, and you can still have a ton of fun you don't have oh, to go yeah. out there and do dumb stuff can't you can't know? see half the stuff i do but well <laughs> walking around out there in my summer outfit when there's mosquitoes out nobody likes that <laughs> <laughs> so but we got we got to get we got to get the people you know everybody uh um you know and I, it's, it's one of my struggles i again i don't i'm not a social media guy you know you got you guys know far more of the hunters than i do uh, you know, from around the state, there's people, I just, I mean, I don't even know who they are, you know, and, uh, I, we've talked a little bit about trying to get, you know, some of the, like the de facto leaders, the separate groups around the state together. Um, that's something we need to work on, but man, trying to get it, uh, you know, we need people to work on that stuff. So, I mean, that's a project in itself. It's a huge project in itself, you know, and, uh, you just can't, you know, it's like, boy, I, I mean, if you saw the reams of freaking stuff I've been dealing, you know, 
I was home today for the first time in a week and a half. And most of it was because I was running around the state for the different, you know, I mean, part of it was my job too, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be done. So we need people to get involved in that, in that stuff and do it. And, and I think one of the biggest things we could do right now is try and start bringing them those, those different groups together and, you know, whatever hatchets there might be out there floating around, we need to figure out how to bury them and, and I'll be on the same page because, you know, squabbling amongst ourselves is just so. What what do you think could be the best way to do that, Merle? Um, well, like I said, I, you know, we need, we need, I think we need somebody that really knows a lot of the people really well. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, to help with this because I'll sit down you know, I'll, I don't care. I'll go anywhere in the state. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have conversations on social media. I'm going to go have them in person. Uh, you know, and if there's difficulties between different people, I'll be more than happy to, to mediate that. I mean, uh, we just got them to get them to understand. And, uh, they see, so there's that. And then one of the things I had this goofy idea earlier that I was thinking that if we could, find those same groups. And again, they kind of each seem to have their own de facto leaders, you know, um, put together some kind of a thing where we, and I'm not looking for a standard by any means. I don't want rules. I don't want standards. I don't want anything like that. But if, if we could, you know, kind of circulate something where everybody could kind of pitch in their opinion on, you know, this is good imaging and this is bad imaging, you know, kind of thing, you know, so we get, some talk going about that because i've talked to people i know it's going to be a shit show it's going to be a tough one because you got people on both sides like well, you've said we've well, talked to people who per- purposely will post that picture well then because it okay and i i'm off. and i'm here to i'll say this out loud to anybody that wants to hear it from anywhere across the state you bring me that person tell me who it is so i can go talk to them and i will drive across the street and i'll have a toe-to-toe <laughs> with them because that stuff is going to kill us yep. and pride and arrogance and selfishness don't fit here okay i mean and you know you think we'd be here at all right now without social media i mean even having to worry about this um, i think a lot of the stuff that we're fighting against would have already passed oh you think so i think so yeah you have to think about i mean there's a reason they call this the information age there is more access to information now than there ever has been and one thing about politics is they are very good about slipping stuff in because they know no one's paying attention. And if there's countless examples out there that if we didn't have this information that this stuff was coming or some of this stuff was happening, I think they would have slipped it through already. Well, and you yeah. said that happened with Centerfire with, uh, yeah, we could go to Centerfire, but you're not using thermal and night vision. Yeah, they tried that. They tried to skate that in under the radar and, you know, that was caught. So, um dirty and and kevin's right because you know that's the cesspool of american politics you know i mean look at how they it's like we're gonna have a bill over here that's about this this and this and we're gonna slip this into the bottom of it nobody yep. sees it happen and uh um i think there if there, there needs there, we need a constitutional amendment that that can't ever happen again because yeah. that's that's just so destructive but you know that's that's out of my way out of my yeah uh, so i mean basically <laughs> for the last almost two hours we're just telling everybody, and, and I, once again, will not pretend like I've never done it. Never posted pictures of a head exploded. Never posted pictures of bullet damage. I am far from perfect in it. 
but when you and I'm not saying I'm high up there in the coyote hunting world, but I see the effects of it. And if I'm seeing the effects of it, Kevin's seeing the effects of it, you're seeing and hearing the effects of it at all these meetings. What we do out there where we think it's just so cool to put it, in the end, can come right back around and bite us in the ass. Yeah. Yep. And so we got to work on it, guys. Yep. Everybody. 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 And that's does. me included. Yep. I mean, because there's sometimes... You, you pick at me enough, I'm that guy. Hey, pick at me. Pick <laughs> yeah. at me, pick at me, right. bam, I'll get you. Yeah. But I, I'm the same way. And it's not the short game either. It's not about, you know, how long I'm going to be hunting because I'm, yeah. you know, I might be the oldest one in this conversation right now. I don't know how old Merle is, but. He's like 63 or something like that. Isn't he? Okay. He might have me beat then. How old are you? About, you know, it's, it's <laughs> how old are you? About, it's, I'm 52. Yeah, I got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> by 11 years no it's it's not <laughs> no i'm not that old no it's it's not about how long i'm gonna be hunting but yes i have to think about our kids our grandkids yeah carrying this on you know i mean it, it's it's not you have to look at the long game on it too you know darn well politics does um that's a proven thing if you look at anything it you know incremental changes to get to a big goal we need to have that same mindset you know it's not just about right this minute, right tomorrow, we need to be thinking down the road and how this, how our actions today or how our strategy today is going to affect things five years now, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. And, you know, even if we make small changes like the center fire at night, even though it wasn't real small, it was still a small victory in the grand scheme of what oh, could yeah. be done. Yep. So, you know, I just, you know, you guys have all brought up great points, Josh, and Merle both. And it's just, it's things that we need to take into account to try to secure this lifestyle that we have. And I mean, if we can take big steps, great. But even if we can take baby steps and work towards that goal with, you know, your grandkids in mind, you know, I got four grandkids, you know, and my grandson, he'll come over sometimes and he'll pull up our YouTube channel. He'll get on YouTube and say, I want to watch hunting grandpa yeah absolutely awesome. I, want, awesome. I want him to be able to enjoy that yeah. so if i can do stuff now that will help ensure that darn right i'm gonna right yep anything to finish up merle got any more um, points you wanted to hit on boy i think kevin just really hit the nail on the head right there i mean it's in it, uh, i guess the only thing i might add to that is 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 it's not just to ensure you know our you know the, the hunting our natural rights and stuff but again the the responsibility i mean we, we, you know, we've got a responsibility. We, we do to the animals, to our environment, all that it's, you know, there's a huge responsibility there and we're the only, you know, I, honest to God, I, I think that the outdoorsmen, the, 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 the hunters, the trappers, the fishermen to me are almost the last line of defense because, you know, if you let the other ideology take over, next thing you know, you're going to have so many deer running around. You're going to have so many coyotes running. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, the, the whole overpopulation thing, it's, it'll get crazy, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just not, it's not a healthy environment. So we have that ability to, to, to be responsible and, and help balance that. And uh, if we don't fulfill that responsibility, then shame on us. I agree. Yep. Couldn't end it any better than that. I probably, I suppose, huh? Yep. Anything, Kevin? Nope. Nothing else. All right. Well, if you guys have listened this long, man, almost two hours, Merle. 
Thanks for coming and sitting down in my basement. Yeah, dude. I, I'm glad. It's been a good conversation, and we've been talking about this for well, we met in the summertime to talk about this originally, yeah, right? So yep. it's been a it's been a long conversation coming in, but now it's starting to what do you say gain more traction that we're done. Yep. We need to move. We need to act. Yeah, we do. Okay. We do. All right. Well, if you listen to this this far, man, we all we we appreciate it very much. If you can leave us a rating, a review, written is best so we can say he wants us to talk about this subject. Then we can go off of that. But until that next week, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. Merle, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Kevin, man, good to see you again. Kevin, what happened this weekend, man? Where were all the dang coyotes? <laughs> Over there. They were somewhere Over else. <laughs> they weren't where we were. The drive either that, or the, either that or they were just... No, no, not talking, not doing anything. They just did not want to play. The drive home from your house that night sucked. <laughs> Dude, like, no, there was never an adrenaline rush almost the entire night. Right. It was kind of hard to stay up that late yeah. and then drive home an hour and 20 minutes after that. Right. But, well, you had good company, so that helps. No, I left you there. I took Tony back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. We will talk to you all next week on the Overdrive Outdoors podcast.